It is Locked On Jazz for the 2nd of November. Jazz and the Mavericks tonight and Luka Doncic. We'll talk about that. But Lowry Markin is our star. And I watched every single basket that he's made all year. And it was awesome. And we'll talk about it coming up. Plus, I have bad news if you're a 6'1 guard. Well, unless you're probably Donovan. But that's about it. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On. Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh my gosh, I forgot the button bump and it was like so pleasant. Is this, I'm flustered. Uh, maybe maybe this is the beginning of, of, the, new, of the new way to do it. Uh, who knows? All right. Uh, I want to talk about a bunch of things, but this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free, available on all podcasting apps, so please give us a five-star review and subscribe. We're also available on YouTube, and uh, you can subscribe and then you can hit that little bell button and that bell button will notify us every single time uh that you we do something so when ron boone and i go postcast live tonight you'll know i hope you can hear the energy's back the voice is back feels good yesterday was a little bit of a slug um i tried to fake it i think you guys could probably tell um but anyway i super appreciate you tuning in i've been inspired i'm all fired up all right uh, this is, so I actually wanted to talk about this anyway, and then I think Zach Lowe might have written something about it. I, I saw a headline. And Rob Boone and I were watching the Dallas-Orlando game on television last, uh, on, the, on the plane. And I've been talking about this a lot. I, I've said that the two biggest things that I think are going on in the league, and you've heard me say this, are that nobody under 6'4 got drafted in the first round this year. And then the second thing that I talked about that I thought was the most important thing um, was the fact that at at some point, I believe, coming off this draft, if I have my numbers right, about 18 of the teams, and we can go back through it, will have their second, first or secondary ball handler will be 6'8 or taller. So tonight, Luca is 6'9, and he's their only ball handler. Um, Lowry's becoming pretty close to our second ball handler, or Kelly Olenek. They're both seven feet. Uh, this is the trend of the league. To me, the biggest story that's going on in the league is not that the defensive seven-foot-tall big like Rudy Gobert is becoming extinct, which is kind of what the talking point was. I, I really think the six-one guard is out of this league. In Like, Kennedy Chandler is a nice player out of Tennessee, the rookie from Memphis. He looked so small on the floor. Mike Conley might go down as the only player to ever actually say he was bored at the optimum time for his career I, I Kemba Walker Mike Conley I, I don't know that these guys don't become second round draft picks next by a year or two if Lowry Markinen, as we're going to talk about here is a secondary ball handler and you can just invert the pick and roll all day there's no way a 6-1 guard can stay on the floor defensively uh 
I mean, we're going to see it tonight. They're going to we're going to probably have somebody else start on Luca, and they'll just bring Conley and make him guard Luca. It's a real. It's like incredible that this is where the league is going. Uh, and I'm not saying this is a criticism of Mike. I mean, I think Mike. I think actually, I, I would actually take this the other way. This is probably the show I was going to do today. Is Mike Conley is amazing, and has been remarkable despite a game that is about to make him a dinosaur. That's probably where I was going today, and then I got obsessed with Lowry Markkinen and watched every single made basket he's he's had all season long. And then I got obsessed with Luca, and we'll talk about Luca before it's over. Um, so. I just think this is a really important like piece of where the NBA is going and worth talking about. And Lowry's a large part of it. And Luke is a large part of it. And so it's important tonight. But for the big picture trend, and I guess in a parlance of former Jazz players, like I think it's going to be way harder for Donovan Mitchell to be a successful NBA player for the next 10 years than it is for Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy's 30, so I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. But keep an eye on it. Like, Scoot Henderson, I don't know how tall he is, but if he's anything under 6'3", it's an issue. Um, You're going to have to be so incredibly great to be able to handle that type of uh, play. Sorry, I have this weird light in this room. Lighting. You don't have lights in this room. Um, Now it's, like, just blushing me out. So, anyway, heck with you two. Uh, So, anyway, I think that that's just kind of the... The, the one that tipped it off was we watched Orlando-Dallas on the plane. Orlando has some injuries, so Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz aren't playing, and Jalen Suggs is not playing. So Franz Wagner at 6'9", is their point guard. Paulo Boncaro is 6'10", and handling on every play, and just bogarting people in the lane. And he's so strong, and if you're not 6'4", or 6'5", on a switch, you can't guard him. You have no chance. You can't... Luca. I'm really curious to look at. It. I haven't got a chance to prep it. Look at it today. Yet yeah, we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, I'll, we'll do it together. Um, Luca's field goals this year. He opened up the Orlando game, and he just bogarted guys into the paint and scored almost every field goal to paint. And this was against a bigger team. This was against a mammoth team. Yeah, Luca's taking 41% of his shots this year at the rim. Last year, he took 19% of his shots at the rim. I, I knew I could tell. Because if he now gets a smaller guy on him, it's over. You, I'm telling you, 6'1 guards are extinct. Short, I mean like this. Not Kemba Walker, Mike Conley's. These brilliant, unbelievable guards that we've watched for years. I, I, I just, I can't see it. And that's the number one trend in the league right now. It's where, you know, frankly, this year's Jazz team, for all the talk of this year's team, Jazz team, might be better than next year's Jazz, or last year's Jazz team, which I, I still am having a hard time with. I think there's a there's a lot of revisionist history going on. Um, but we were 6-1, This year we're 6-1, Six four, seven feet, seven feet, six eleven. That in and of itself, in this day and age, might actually make this a better team. Particularly because six one six one 
regardless of how hard they try, I'm not sure they can defend. Royce had a bad defensive year, and Boyan's a bad defender. Okay, 6-1 Mike Conley, I just said it. Like I, Mike Conley can give everything he wants tonight, but if Luka wants to take him down the post, there's nothing Mike Conley can do. That's my point. So it's not about someone's skill set. Then you have Roy, you have Lowry Markin, who's a hell of a defender. Uh, we found really interesting to see what Will Hardy does. The Jazz discovered something with Walker Kessler out. M- Lowry Markin played drop big beautifully the other night and then torched Memphis as the five. We'll see whether or not. Well, I know we want to develop Walker Kessler, but that's going to be an interesting one to play here. Lowry Markin needs minutes at the five. Kelly Olenek is a good positional defender, and Vanderbilt is actually not a very good isolation defender. He's active. All right. I want to talk about Lowry Markkinen. I want to talk about a lot of Lowry Markkinen. I got, if you're watching on, oh, you probably can't see it. Uh, I got notes and notes and notes and notes. I went through every single basket that Lowry Markkinen has scored on the year, and we're going to talk about him coming up next on Locked on Jazz. It is... Today's show is brought to you by my good friend Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending. It is so great to have Steve Carter as a part of our group. I, I, I really, it's just great. Like when we talk about sponsors and, um, like, you know, actually I'll share. I, I met with a, a sponsor who I really like, Grip6, and we can't figure out how to financially make it work. Locked on Jazz has gotten too big, and I, I don't know whether or not we can, I, you know, I, like we've gotten expensive. I don't know if it's going to work to have Crip 6 back on. Crip 6 was a local Utah company. I just love, like, I talked, we don't have any inventory. We're basically locally sold out. But I talked to them because they're Crip 6, and I like them, and I like who they are and what they stand for and all, and and that they're a Utah company. Like, I feel this way about Steve Carter. Like, Steve Carter, like, I just want to keep him as a sponsor because he does such great things for you. I mean, Intercap Lending's company, 40 years old, Josh Romney, Brought it back to Utah, one of the largest independent people, uh, lenders. Brock Worthen is done amazing as as their president. And then Steve Carter's our guy. He's our loan officer. And he's just remarkable. Just the best customer service person I can ever get you in touch with. It's Intercap Lending. You can call Steve at 385-885-28. Or you can email me directly at dlock09 at gmail.com, and I'll, I'll help you out. Uh, and I'll get you set up. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Visit intercaplending.com. Please. If you're in need of a loan, talk to Steve Carter. I can promise you it'll make your life better. There's no question. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also in Logan, and in, uh, yeah, also in Logan. The Chevy lineup of trucks, absolutely awesome. The Silverado and the Colorado are stalwarts. Uh, the SUV lineup, I think, is underrated with the Equinox. Uh, as well as the Blazer and then the Traverse. And then I, I loved it. Uh, I got an email the other day from someone who wanted to get their new the uh, Bolt. I have a friend who has the Bolt, loves it, the electric car. And he says, hey, I know there's a wait list on. I want to plan ahead. Can you set me up with the guys over at Murdoch Chevy? Certainly. Uh, so we did that. Uh, they are located at Woods Cross. They are located in Logan. But you can email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com, and we will get you taken care of uh, and set up with our friends over Murdoch Chevy. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked on Sports today, 22 minutes of high level taking you through the day in sports. Everything that's going on and everything you need to know should be your second listen. All right. So what jumped, there's a bunch of stuff that jumped out at me about Lowry Marketing, and, I, and I'm trying to have this fairly well organized because there's just so much to it, and I could, 
Uh, and I know my brain, and it could just go everywhere here. He has scored in the following fashions this year. On a post-up. Interestingly enough, by the way, his first basket as a member of the Utah Jazz was on a left block, post-up from 15 feet, turnaround jumper. He did not have another post-up until two games ago. When we got Larry Barkin, I told you he was a good post-up player, because he was last year, and that he was a catch-and-shoot guy, and they played some pick-and-pop. That That's what the data said. That's what Cleveland had him do. That's what Chicago had him do the last year, except for the second year we've talked about a lot that he got. He has scored on a post-up. He scored on, I think, 16 catch-and-shoots. He scored on a few off-the-bounce threes, not very many. He has scored on drives, but we'll dig into that. He scored on a pure isolation. He scored on a pick-and-roll, but we'll dig into that. He has scored in transition. He has scored on a slash. He has scored on offensive rebounds. It's for this reason the first takeaway I have from watching all of his baskets is I don't believe as he becomes the number one option and people scout for him that he's going to slow down. I do not think so. He gets so much action off the ball by offensive rebounding, by sprinting the floor, by slashing unbelievable feel. And he has a versatility to his game that I don't think a scouting report can take away. You can put Herb Jones on him. You can put Mikel Bridges on him. You can put all the best defensive players in the league on him. First thing, he's seven feet tall. So the catch and shoot three is still going to be there the whole time. The second thing, the Jazz haven't even tapped into him as a pick and roll player at all. The Walker-Kessler injury, illness, allowed him to go play some in that manner in a, in a way that we just hadn't seen yet. So that's been, I think that's, a, I think that's a wildly important aspect here, is that we suddenly have a whole new aspect of what you could see out of Lowry Marketing. He, the pick and pop game, he had a pick and, he brushed a screen with Clarkson last game and hit a three, and then because he was playing center, he and Conley played pick and roll for five straight plays to amazing benefit and dividends, one of which was a corner three on a pop for Marketing. That Those are his only two pick and pop threes of the entire season. So I actually feel like he's averaging 22 points a game and leading us, and we haven't tapped it yet at all. The next thing I would say here that I think is important is let's go to the drive. Let's go to the drive game for a second. Actually, let me back up. Sorry, trying to be organized. The second thing that I think is important is his incredible, unbelievable feel of the game. Mike Smith mentioned this on the post game the other night. He is in the right place at the right time all the time. He has nine, maybe I probably didn't do the last eleven field goals this year. On what I would just call slashes. He's in the corner. Someone drives. He cuts. Gets a basket. He's at the top. At the angle. He cuts perfectly when Jordan Clarkson. My Twitter feed at DLock09. I put a few of these up. He just. We've played. We're eight games. He's getting a bucket or two like that a night. He gets a bucket or two a night on an offensive rebound. He gets a bucket or two a night in transition. Boy, does he run. Boy, does he ever run. So 
you can go scout him all you want and do all these things to try to slow down Lowry marketing from a scouting standpoint. We're not going to leave him for catch and shoot threes. We're going to be aware of his drive. We're going to bring second guys to him. Okay, that's fine. He's still going to get a field goal in transition. He's still going to get a slash. He's still going to get an offensive rebound. He's still going to get four or five stuff just because he's so active. He plays so hard. He runs the floor so hard. He's seven feet tall. He has incredible body control, and he has insane feel for the game. Insane feel for the game. Those are the things that jumped out most at all to me. Okay. Here's some real awesomeness. You ready? He has scored 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 field goals that I watched. There was one or two that NBA didn't have on drives. Okay? Isolated on a wing. Drive. He has one isolation from the top. He just bogarted the crap out of Rudy Gobert and scored on it. By the way, the slash, the Gobert dunk, was a was a pick and roll, actually, not a slash. Okay, we'll touch on that in a second. Here's what the... Of those baskets, what did I say? How many ever I said? He's only done two of them twice. What? Follow me. He has a left-hand drive to a left-hand hook. Okay. So he was on the right side of the floor. He drove with a left hand in the middle into a left-hand hook. He has a left side of the floor, right-hand drive into a pirouette fadeaway. Two of those. He's done that twice. He has a left-hand drive, curl back over his shoulder into a right-hand hook. He has a left-hand drive into a stop and pop jumper the other night he banked it the other time he just pulled he's done that twice he has a right hand drive into a stop and pop three footer a right hand drive into a stop and pop nine footer that was one of the most awesome plays I've seen those are very similar to the Gordon Hayward baskets we used to see he has a right hand drive back over his let's see right hand drive back over his left shoulder into a left hand hook Good beep and lock stopping this if you're a defender. He has a right-hand drive into a fader, stop, fade in the lane. Similar to a right hand into a stop and pop. A little different. Those two could probably combine. He has a left-hand drive where he actually goes all the way to the basket, powers up in traffic and scores. He has a right-hand drive where he goes up and it on the reverse side with the right hand. That was just the other night. He has a left-hand drive where it came up on the right side and reversed. And he has a right-hand drive into a right-hand runner off the window. Kind of the standard. Drive right hand, go up. Standard. There's one there that's standard. Um, that is an array of skills and plays that is astronomical. Those are just on drives. It's interesting to me that he has no defined move. And is that to his benefit that he's simply just reading every single time and making a play? 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, maybe ten different things there. That's that's something. That's really something. Okay, pick and roll. I, I just don't think we've tapped it yet. I'm, I'm not criticizing. He was playing the three. We're playing less pick and roll. We're playing a Linux out of the handoff. We're playing Vanderbilt as a non-shooter. It's important he has the ball in his hands and plays handoff. There's no, there's no part of me. There's no criticism here. I just don't think we've tapped it. So he's actually run the pick and roll as a ball handler once too. But so far, we've run like 135 screens with Linux, 118 screens with Vanderbilt, and 110 screens with Markkinen, but most of the screens on Markkinen aren't getting back to Markkinen. Markkinen and Conley have been have run 46 pick and rolls and were not good at it to start the year, like pretty bad, and then ran off five in a row the other night. Like, I want to go talk to Mike. I, I haven't had a chance. We did, They did optional shooting instead of shoot-around today. So I haven't had a chance to see Mike. I will get that done today um, to try to figure out, like, what, what's the play here? Like, what, what were you figuring out? Why open side, pick and roll five straight times? What were you seeing? Or are you just trying to figure out Lowry? Because they kind of – first one was a turnover. Second one was a – Sexton three, next one was a Lowry three, next one was a Beasley three, next one was Conley got a wide open three at the top. Sexton, by the way, Sexton deserves some credit. He set some nice back picks inside of those two plays. Um, so it was pretty awesome. The other one about Lowry is just the time I've spent with him, who he is. The dude's just super serious. He told me the story about being 10 years old, going to the gym as a kid, shooting 50 elbow jumpers, writing down the number that he made, setting his new goal, and driving himself the next day to do it at 10, 11 years old. It's from a family of ballplayers. His mom was on the national team. His dad played. His brother played soccer. Um, He's a family of athletes. He's the youngest of three. It matches all things. And even when I talked to him about the other day about, hey, in your second year you got all these opportunities and then you never got another chance, his response to me was a little bit of like, you know what, you just got to be so good, you have to have the chance. Like he put it back on himself. So this is pretty awesome to watch. This is a player with an incredible array of skills and a diversification of an offensive game being handed the primary keys, but not on a ton of set plays. Who's being able to do this? Like it's super interesting to me, where is it? Here's Minnesota game. Here's his baskets. Left-hand drive to right-hand hook. Pick-and-roll dunk on Gobert. Catch-and-shoot three. One-on-one iso on Gobert. Off-the-bounce three. Offensive rebound slash. Those are his first six field goals. All different. How many of those were a play called for him? Probably two. Left-hand drive. An alley-oop in transition. Snuck behind the defense for a slam. And a left-hand drive into a 14-foot fader. I mean, it's just really interesting how even inside of one game, he's diversifying. New Orleans. Uh, I just wrote dunk. I'm trying to figure out. Probably fast break dunk. Slash. I kind of 
Garbage basket. Loose ball. Just put it back up and in. Catch and shoot three. Offensive rebound. Transition. Pick and roll with Conley, the game winner. Catch and shoot three. Right hand drive to a step back. Uh, Any of those the same? Two catch and shoot threes. Here's the crazy one on Houston. Houston, second game. Transition, 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 transition. He just ran. He got five field goals against Houston just running. And it's interesting to watch it evolve, by the way. Because I would point out that opening night Denver is right block, 15-foot jumper, right hand, right wing drive to a left-hand hook inside, catch and shoot three, catch and shoot three, catch and shoot three, right-hand drive. So then all of a sudden Minnesota is after Denver, and you see it expand, and then New Orleans expands again, and then Houston expands, and then you get start getting to what he did in Memphis, and it's he's just doing everything. So we're seeing the Jazz stretch it. Luka Doncic is on the docket today. And that, oops, that means the Jazz have got their hands full. So we will break down a little lot of Luka coming up. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. With all the news, sports, podcast, world, odds for tonight. Just ask Isaac Harris. On Locked On Mavericks, the man, like, guesses the odds on every game. Right now, the Jazz are a dog tonight, five and a half against the three and three Mavericks. The Luka Doncic led at even more than ever before, led Mavericks. Um, Interesting game tonight. Memphis is a four and a half point favorite in Portland, and the Pelicans are a three point favorite against the Lakers in L.A., Luka Doncic was the odds-on NBA MVP when the season started. What is? Let's see if we have the latest odds here for that. Um, Giannis is making a run at it. Luka's plus 275. Giannis plus 350. Tatum is plus 750. Ja plus 800. Steph plus 1400. Then Embiid, Jokic, Durant, Donovan, Mitchell, Trey Young, Zion Williamson. So all at betonline.net where the game starts uh, when you are done with Locked On Sports today today uh, the guys at Locked On Mavericks are just outstanding so grab that um, and make sure alright Luca. I talked about it earlier he's taking 41% of his shots at the rim last year he took 36% of his shots as threes and he took 46% of his shots as mid-range shots he's taken Still taking 31% of his shots at threes. But he's completely changed the mid-range game and is just going all the way into the post. His effective field goal percentage is at a career high because of it. He's at 55.7. He was at 53. But he's just bogarting people. The shots at the rim are a little more difficult, and he's still finishing at 71%, which is great. Anything over 70 is elite. And as a guard, it's pretty amazing. His mid-range shooting, which is now reduced, and he's only using it, has gone up a great deal. He was a 34% long two-shooter. That used to be a win. He's now at 45. His short mid-range game, which is now in the paint, but not inside the restricted area, has gone from 49% to 61. 
He's dominating in the paint right now. It also means that he uh, is still continuing to draw a ton of fouls. And he's actually drawing now 16% of his field goal attempts are now being a shooting foul, which they were not prior. So he's gone from 13.8 to 16%. He's gotten a lot better here. Like the early indicators six games in are there's a bunch of numerical things about Luka that look way better than they have before. And they've been great before. What's crazy is his usage. So, for those who don't know what usage is, it's how much of a team's offense did the player use by shooting, turning the ball over, or assisting when he's on the floor. And he is at 45%. He was at 42 last year. It's the highest rate in the league. It's the highest rate in the history of the NBA. What percentage of his teammates made shots does he assist on? 50% when he's on the floor. The other one that's really interesting on him so far six games into the season is his turnover rate is way down. He's gone from 13.6 to 8.2. It's pretty incredible. There is, I mean, he might have gotten better, which is, you know, hard to fathom because we saw him, and he's just great. Now, it was an interesting thing last year where their plus-minus – for De- Den- Dallas was often better when he was off the floor. Largely because he was so bad defensively. That has not shown the same way this year. What is interesting this year is the team is not shooting as well when he's on the floor. The defense is right about the same when he's on and off the floor. They're not shooting as well when he's on the floor, which is really weird. They usually are much better. But they're crashing the glass and going to the line much more. So I'm guessing there's a stylistic change that's taking place there. They're not turning it over as much. They're going to the line more. They're turning it over. And they're actually better, but they're not shooting well. They are really slow. They are the opposite of Memphis. Like Memphis is running up and down the whole time. They are walking it up. I don't care. Luke, what's so interesting is Luca runs when he plays in Europe. He does not run in the 48-minute NBA game. I don't entirely know why. Um, But he's been brilliant all year. He had 43 against Orlando. He had 31, 16, and 10 against Oklahoma City. He had 41, 11, and 14 against Brooklyn. He had 37, 11, and 7 against New Orleans. I mean, it's just crazy what he's doing right now. And they're only 3 and 3. I'm not sure I would be that excited about that if I was a... that's, That's a worthwhile question. Um, but he is really, it's a pleasure to watch. The thing Ron Boone and I watched really, really closely on the plane about Luca is he's never off balance. Never off balance. I hear coaches talk about speeding him up, slowing him down, doing these various things. He's never off balance. He's spinning, twisting, hesying, doing all these things. It's always with his body perfectly balanced. It reminds me, actually, of Steve Nash. Oh, how's he doing? Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it does. Steve Nash, when Steve Nash broke through, was never off balance. And this reminds me of Steve Nash. Keep an eye on it tonight.
Keep an eye on the different ways Lowry Markkinen scores, and keep an eye on Luka Doncic never being off balance. And keep an eye on 6-1 guards in this league. Those are the three takeaways from today. You have a wonderful day. Thanks for all the people out there that fire me up and inspire me every day. I love it. It is Locked on Jazz. I think I'm excited to have a voice back that doesn't hurt like a razor blade slicing through my neck when I talk to you. I am. You are correct. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you tonight.